Our This Week in XR podcast is sponsored by our friends at Sapper, the world's leading augmented reality platform and creative studio. With over 11 years of experience working with the world's biggest brands through Zapper Creative Studio. Zapper also has an award-winning web AR platform, Zapworks, that lets you create your own mobile AR magic. Finally, check out their Zap Box, the most affordable mixed reality headset on the planet. Start creating AR over at zap.works or talk to them about your next AR project at zapper.com. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday, August 26th, 2022. I'm Charlie Fink here with Ted Shilowitz. It's This Week in XR. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Charlie. Dog days of summer. Yep. I'm uh, back on the road a little bit and... Uh... Things are, you know, nice, and there's lots of news, interesting stuff going on this week. Yeah, yeah, and we've got a great guest today, John Geta, Academy Award winner John Geta, who used to be SVP of Strategy at Magic Leap, yep. and is now involved. He's involved with Living Cities XYZ and with a company that I just know just a little bit about because I saw their demo at AWE uh, way back in uh, the beginning of June. Um, so we'll be talking to him about that and also Living Cities XYZ. Um, but first, let us get to this week's news. Uh, and uh, we may as well start with InWorld since I brought it up. Uh, but the way this works, Ted, is, is that it uh, gives non-player characters uh, language recognition and enough artificial intelligence to carry on a conversation with you um, without having an extensive script. All right. it needs is the context. Right. Um, you know, so it's uh, a kind of a breakthrough, I think, in games. Um, you know, the demo they had running didn't have good animation. So, but you can imagine how this could be used in customer service or in any other, you know, because the recording, you know, that you get now and you can't penetrate uh, is really frustrating. So this could could be a potential solution to that. Yeah, well, and you know, no surprise that John Gata is is behind this. He and I have been friends for a long time. He's had a storied career in VFX. He's one of yeah. the guys behind the Matrix, uh, you know, yep. Academy Award winner. Spent uh, time at ILM and uh, then, you know, did a jaunt at Magic Leap, which uh, is an interesting sort of futuristic take on where it all goes. And now he's touching this. So um, I think there's there's a there there, and I'll make an interesting reference point. There's a movie that came out a couple of years ago with Ryan Reynolds called Free Guy. Um, and it 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 kind of, you know, underrated from a really good movie standpoint. Sean Levy tends to make really good movies, uh, you know, and um, this movie talks and refers to the non-player character uh, sort of becoming sentient and going on this comic <laughs> journey, very Deadpool-ish sort of sensibility in the movie. But, you know, it, it it's... It's worth for our listeners. It's worth a watch if you have. What is watched. the name of that movie again, Ted? Free guy. Free guy. Free guy. Yeah. Okay. It's, I can't believe I have not seen this movie. It's much better than you might imagine. You know, you think, oh, it's just going to be, you know, not so great. It's like this goofy video game movie, but it actually is hysterical, and it touches on some really interesting themes. Well, so I that is to... that is an epic subway to the other big story of the week. There you go. Which is our friend Timu Tok. Uh, an Estonian guy who was on my panel at South by Southwest 
about uh, the metaverse and what is inside of it. And uh, what is inside of it from his point of view is avatars. And they've developed a cross-platform avatar system that's been integrated into 3,000 apps, including VR Chat. You notice I'm wearing my VR Chat t-shirt today. Okay. Uh, spatial, somnium space, you know, a lot of uh, apps we use every day. I'm seeing it more and more. Uh, so they just raised 56 million from- and This uh, is Ready Player Me you're referring to. This is Ready Player Me, sorry. Player, I'm yeah. so excited about it. I skipped you right over that. I got <laughs> straight to the story. By the way, I sent Timu an email and he's going to be joining us uh, in about six weeks. Oh, good. Yes, so uh, we'll learn more about this. But one of the things he said at South by Southwest, and I think it probably is why Andreessen is involved, is that- uh, these avatars are NFTs, right? They're, they're, they belong to you. They're, it's a very Web3 concept, mm -hmm. right? They be, it belongs to you. It might have within it all sorts of assets. Um, and, you know, it would be connected to your browser because it's an NFT and it lives in your wallet. So really interesting potential. Um, and he is a super nice guy. I, I love his team. Well, and it is effectively a, another version or another construct of a digital wallet, right? So a wallet is a, is a physical presence, right? I have a wallet, you have a wallet, and uh, we have a digital wallet that lives in various ways, uh, you know, and multiple people have multiple digital wallets in the web 2.0 and some in the web 3.0 if you have a MetaMask wallet like you and I do. Um, but, you know, the idea of it sort of being embodied in your avatar and dragging all your stuff along, all your goods and belongings that live within your avatar presence so that it can link to different game worlds. All well, sure, you can imagine, for example, um, you go into Fortnite with your Ready Player Me avatar right. and you're like, ooh, I need to upgrade to a Fortnite avatar. Mm -hmm. This looks stupid on the bus, you know, going into the into the Battle Royale. So I'll pay seven bucks and get an avatar. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then the obviously, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, where the where the walled gardens and how high. Right. And the idea of a company trying to make this transportable universe, um, I think, works in in thesis. But it will be interesting to see in practice what companies allow this, because well, this is gonna, companies. this is going to be a huge category. And there are a lot of important protocols that will have to be in place for it to work. But I, I think yeah. these guys are super well positioned. Uh, to play an important role. I mean, you know, Meta has its avatar system. Right. Uh, it's quite good and getting better. Um, Epic has its avatar system right. and uh, it's getting better and better. So uh, I, this could be a big category. I think there's room for an independent. Um, and I think Andreessen is betting on um, a good team. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, from my standpoint, thinking where the ecosystem of the Sony PlayStation world lives and the Xbox world lives and the Epic Games world lives, it, I'm, I'm not convinced it will all play out in the way that that will be universally transportable. I think- uh, No, because you're not gonna go into <clears throat> uh, Super Mario world uh, with your Ready Player Me avatar, at least not yet. At least not yet. And and if you do, there's gotta be a lot of coding and backend to support it correctly. and. It, Look, it's interesting, right? Yeah. We just it is. It is interesting. Have an open mind, I guess. Yeah. Just try and have an open I, mind. I, you know, it is a little bit sci-fi stuff. So, you know, timing, timing, timing. And that is why the metaverse just got added to the Gardner hype cycle right. with a 10-year timeline 
to the slope of enlightenment. Yeah, so, I guess that that gives me good credence because you heard me talk many times on stage about the 10-year curve that I study yeah. all the time and that things require a 10-year gestation period. Before well, anyone... I've said this decade is like the baseball game where all this plays out, in which case we are now just, you know, in the middle of the bottom of the second inning. Yeah, second inning, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, so and that, if you want validation for that, um, Nike store in Roblox has had 7 million visitors. Mm -hmm. uh, Roblox has about 43 million daily active users. So I, I think that's a very, very compelling number. And it's a big validation for the strategy of brands building places. Right. It doesn't surprise better. me. It's just a matter of what will not just go them, allow them to go and visit and wander around and go, okay, got it versus actual engagement, right? And yes, I, we don't know what the engagement is, but that's a lot of people, even if their engagement is, even if their engagement is one or 2%, yeah. uh, that's it's a lot amazing. of engagement compared to other platforms, especially. Right. So <clears throat> I think that that bodes well for the metaverse. By the way, not, you know, uh, disparaging Nike or their good news in any way, but they call it their metaverse. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, and everybody, I think, you know, let's call this metaverse reductionism <laughs> because virtual worlds, even a little virtual world are now characterized as a metaverse. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not here to argue about language that'd be no end to the conversation. Although as a writer, I have particular interest in it. And as an opinion writer, I have a lot of opinions. Yeah, of course. Well, and our friend. But, but honestly, but honestly, it's like the World Wide Web. I just don't think we're going to be using that word in 10 years. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why it's a very imprecise word. Yeah. And I think our friend Matthew Ball in his book touches on pretty smartly with meta worlds and meta galaxies and, you know, these areas that you can have some touch point of, yeah, it's a metaverse and yeah, it touches Web3, but ultimately it's a destination, right? Yeah. Exactly. So um, another interesting thing, a story that continues from last week uh, is, um, you know, Zuck was uh, roundly criticized for posting a selfie yeah. uh, from uh, Horizon, which is at this point a pretty simplistic virtual world. And as a result, when you take a still photograph inside of it and you take it out of context mm. it looks pretty flat yeah so i think he was thought he was being cute of course he did but being a tone deaf billionaire he did not anticipate people freaking out and criticizing him for doing this very simple sort of dopey thing that a lot of people do the difference is when I take that picture and I abstract it out into the physical world and I'm like oh that's not a very good picture I don't go and post it online <laughs> but he did that and he was roundly criticized and he came back with these fantastic graphics i posted one in the column and said this is where we're going mm -hmm. i thought yeah, that was stunning and it it suggests all sorts of things are going on with horizon behind yeah. the scenes and you and i've seen you know a number of companies working on photorealistic metaverses and there's all kinds of you know, graphics capabilities, what the game engines can do now is is kind of ridiculously stunning in real time. So I don't think I mean, there's any- I mean, these are what, this is a picture of AAA game graphics yeah. that supposedly will be rendered in real time 
for I don't know dozens of participants at the very least. Right, but I, I think like to me, there's a story that didn't get touched on uh, when all this sort of hubbub love about nothing again sort of bubbles up is. Nobody really just referred to, well, you know, there's lots of art styles in the universe. And how come no one's criticizing the game Among Us, which has the simplest graphics known to man, but it's super engaging and fun, is that, yeah, I mean, you know, because of the Zuckerberg effect and you get all this sort of like overblown kind of stuff. It's a story that's not a real story to me. I mean, it's fine. And we all know they've got lots of different technical capabilities, but art styles matter. And in a lot of ways, when you talk to kids, look, just study Roblox, right? And you talk to kids about what they really care about. It's gameplay, interactivity, and socialization. And art style takes a a deep second seat to that. You know, I mean, there are things that are valuable for them that are reality. Inside of the context of games, I think that is true. Yeah. But in a social universe, in, in VR chat, in uh, alt space, a lot of the socializing is around exploration of new graphical universes mm-hmm. or but metaverses. It can be pretty virtual. simplistic. Yeah. I mean, so, alt space is very simplistic, and VR chat right now is very simplistic. It doesn't mean that we don't all see the trajectory of where it's going. All You know, you and I have been around the video game. I, I think there's cool. already great work on the platform. I would uh, say not necessarily for Quest 2, but for PC, yeah. it's it's very advanced. Yeah, absolutely. A lot, of, a lot of graphics power that take advantage of. So um, there were a lot of other stories. Oh, here's another metaverse story, I suppose. iHeartMedia mm. uh, plans to host metaverse concerts in Fortnite, and they've built a place um, that, uh, you know, is, has a concert stage, which is sponsored by State Farm and their supposedly you know mini games that september 9th they're launching it with charlie pooth i guess he's popular i've never heard of him but you know they're going into fortnite and doing what fortnite did with travis scott and ariana grandy so uh and again this is their quote-unquote metaverse um for those of you know we're into space so for those of you who are listening who are space nuts uh, felix and paul is going to uh, present, they're going to live stream in 360 VR, uh, the launch, uh, I believe it is on Monday, mm-hmm. uh, and there it's going to be on Facebook Live and also in planetariums and on mobile apps. So yeah, they're taking uh, it out. Set your yeah. time. This is a cool way to watch it. Um, yeah. I'm definitely going to try and do it. I don't think I'm busy at that time Monday morning. So yeah, Felix and Paul are also longtime friends. They did a lot of VR work with us uh, years ago, and they continue the journey. They're they're one of the bona fide experts and success stories on taking things from the real world with real cameras and and eventizing them in in virtual reality. So good on them to continue their journey. Yeah, Felix and Paul do great work. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of their work, by the way, on the Quest in the Quest Store for free. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who own a Quest, uh, that's worth doing. Let's bring in John. Okay, great. Here he is. The wheels of the Zoom are churning. Although we we have to go to Riverside, I have to figure out how to do that. I think we're gonna if we do that, it's either a lot more work for me or I sort of shift around the assistant time, which is what I'm inclined to do because I have been doing a lot of social media and I don't know how much the social media for the show is really contributing. So anyway, I'm saying that live on the air. Here's John Gator. John, great to see you. Thanks for coming on the show. 
Uh, great to be here. Hello, fellas. Hi, John. Good to see you again. Um, con congratulations are in order, I suppose. Uh, um, thank you. I'll, I'll take all sorts of I new things in your life, right? Didn't didn't you and your your wife just welcome a baby? That's uh, going to happen pretty soon, actually. That's in the that's in the near future. Okay, that's on in development. <laughs> yeah, like um, if the screen shuts down unexpectedly, you'll know why. Um, well, you see, you are a busy guy. I have to say, we were talking a few months ago about Living Cities XYZ, and I see you're involved with InWorld AI. We were just talking about the company as chief creative officer. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm in an eclectic mode. Um, I think last time I, golly, I mean, I've seen you guys through the years. I mean, we've we've all met at Magic Leap. When I was at Magic Leap, there was quite the wide spectrum of, of you know, experiments, things sure. going on. And when I wound up, you know, moving uh, on, uh, you know, I started thinking about what I, I learned from that time and what, what I thought would be worthy of focus, right? Because what was very interesting was that I was introduced, I mean, it's so rare that you get a chance to, to, to have an experience like this, but I was introduced to many incredible people from outside our company um, with incredible visions and 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 uh, entrepreneurial spirit and they were going after all these little building blocks right things that you you guys care uh, you care about you cover day to day and and after I left magically I was thinking well of of these things you know what would I really want to invest my time in now? You know, because the it's this it's 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 been true. It's still true that no one company really can can put together all the components, or at least the right set of components to really lift. You know, things like virtual worlds and quote unquote metaverse. You know, on their own, it's just not really possible. So, uh, I I wanted to. I wanted to invest myself in a few areas that I thought, you know, were in need of building. So um, tell us a little bit more about InWorld and what you're going to be doing there. So none of these gigs, in other words, is a full time, like I'm going to go into the office kind of gig. It's more like you're uh, focused on, um, you know, your strategy and you're just trying to help them uh, when they have strategic decisions to make. Well, it depends. I mean, there's, um, it, it really depends. There's, there's work to do in these different areas and uh, the amount of time to spend in them. I mean, a person could work 24 seven and right. not close to providing the amount of time required, but what I, what I can to give, uh, what I can give are, you know, insights based on my experience and instincts, you mm -hmm. know, um, and, and also the thing that, that matters, I guess, I think Ted, you would, both you guys, you know, would understand this, um, you know, what's, what's, what eventually is going to be meaningful to people that's going to, you know, be something they're going to want to have part of their, their, their day-to-day -day lives, uh, 
And so trying to understand, I've always tried to understand the true ultimate value proposition of some of these mediums. And, you know, to get there requires helping others, you know, make the leap to understand, you know, what, what, where the real value is and where they should invest um, all of their efforts. So it's case by case. I mean, with, with living cities, we came to realize not like an aha, but over a whole bunch of years, right? That virtual spaces are meaningless um, unless, you know, there's something that people understand uh, where the value is. And, but it's very easy to find that in the real world. Like for example, you, you know, you go to your, you go to a special place to meet friends or you go to a special place because it makes you happy, you know, or you want to bring your family there, what have you. And so there's something about that. This, the, the, you know, the reason, you know, it's not a shell, right? It's not a piece of geometry, right? You're there because people are there that you want to be with or associating with communities, what have you. And um, you feel like you want to be part of it. So the metaverse kind of lacks that. Um, certain game worlds have acquired, have accomplished that because they've, you know, developed, you know, the the fans and community around originally the idea of the interaction, but eventually they start to find each other and they like the social, right? We see yeah. that that big trend occurring has been has been going on, you know, for a while, but. The, these certain big game worlds or, you know, Roblox or Fortnite, whatever, they, they've, they've figured out a way to create a spirit of place, right? And, uh, but it's kind of rarefied, as you know, and there's other fictitious worlds, of course, you know, fans of Star Wars, you know, fans of XYZ, you know, they, they come to the place because they, they understand the world logic. Mm -hmm. uh, they understand the sort of what matters, right? And so they come. So the question is, how can you do that if you're starting anew? And, and again, even any of those fictitious worlds, often, you know, a great, great production design or, or, you know, writing will build metaphors on top of real world places, right? They'll be like, oh, well, this is what it feels like this place, right, in the world. I'm going to basically reskin this within the fiction I'm working in, but it's still underneath it, the spirit of this kind of a place, right? And then, you know, you see, you see in fiction, really, it's just a bunch of, you know, reskin, you know, it's based a bunch of metaphors for real world places, right? So I think this is, you know, what we realized with, with living cities is that this is a way to, to create depth in the in the metaverse well and here, here's a you know some some perspectiving on that as you start to think of, you know you're sort of walking through some of the stuff that you're thinking about we often think about organic engagement right and the creation of a game world or game experience that doesn't start out to try and become a social gathering place it organically becomes a social gathering place because the engagement level is so high right so if you use an experience like minecraft perfect example of one of the first OG real metaverse experiences, right? Where it starts out as a, as a certain type of gameplay and build, and then more and more people gather. And because of the technology where you can connect via a microphone and talk to people around the world, 
you start to build an organic socialization, right? Um, my thought, and this is kind of where my, my sort of question for you is, is do you think it can be crafted and cultivated? And, you know, raising investment capital with a thesis that says, we're going to build social engagement places versus we're going to build something that we love and we want to build and then see what happens to it. I think the best examples are things that are unexpected, not sort of forced into the world by lots of capital and you know someone with an ideation that they want to see this become successful. It's typically a couple of kids in a garage going, this would be a fun game. Yeah. Let's go build it and see what happens. And you've lived that life many times. So I'm curious. You know, yeah, I mean, I agree happening. completely. I think a lot of groups have it absolutely opposite <laughs> right there they're approaching it absolutely opposite um you know you never quite know with the good you know where which games are going to take off but often it's because they've created the right mechanics um something compelling and certainly something so something social really defines our times but it, it's certainly no guarantee there's countless countless efforts and you know you're not sure which little ember turns into a fire right but the one thing, I mean, again, our, you know, our thesis is that if the, you know, if a real world place is fascinating enough for a certain type of people to want to get there, right, to, 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 to get to find a way to physically get there. And if there was a way that you could channel, right, that which you might consider, you know, magical, <laughs> Um, then perhaps that would be a starting place, right? Where it's like, and you, and you have a you have a specific focus on the the NPC, right, or the non-player character <laughs> goal set of of how to evolve that, because there's lots of video games. Well, I think we're we're doing about two different things here, right? I think we were just on the the yeah, so they, world so part. It, yeah, there's two different things, I guess. Okay. I, I could I could talk about another project, but like. There's two things that we're talking about, but they do commingle, they do overlap, right? Yeah. So with regard to living cities, living cities is really about trying to channel spirit of place, right? And and in doing and and what we're trying to do, the channeling idea is that a you know, a real world place, you know, um is aligned, if you will, with a with a call it a, a digital twin, but it's not a dead digital twin. It's not a static model. It's a dynamic model, right? It's a, it's, you know, all of this is a road as you can imagine, right? So, but let's say in X many years, the mirror, the twin, the mirror world, right? Is, is it's, it's more than a simulation. It's a sort of up constantly updating digital location, mm -hmm. right? Well, if you and, take the, you know, as you were talking, it was occurring to me uh, what we've said many times, which is the metaverse, and not talking about a specific virtual world, but this larger concept of the evolution of platforms, the metaverse will surely contain the digital twin of the physical world. Some of them more fully formed than others, but you will be able to get, you know, look at Google Maps, Apple Maps. These right. are 3D, um, 3D maps of physical places. Uh, and I think they'll be increasingly immersive, like Google Earth, for people who want that. Well, and if you and, if you, and you can at... make them really intimate and accurate, or you can make them, you know, broad strokes, like like the big maps are. Right. If you look at 
what Epic Games did with their foresight and their capital because they've got a lot of wherewithal. A few years back, they bought Twin Motion and then they bought Quixel, right? And they incorporated those into their worlds because I think they have that same vision that you do, John, yeah. that this digital twinning and the value point, both from a industrial use case and enterprise use case and a gaming social uh, entertainment use case is vast, right? So you wanna sort of grab those companies that are building those things. Uh, along that way. So that's two sort of examples that I know. In well, you know, one of the things that John's involved with, and I'm, we probably don't have time to talk about all these things, uh, you were working with Kim Library and, um, and Epic <laughs> Games on their uh, on their uh, new Matrix game, and uh, maybe more importantly, the virtual city with it, that it takes place in. Yeah. Um, Kim Library. Yeah, I call Kim him- Kim Library, Kim, sorry. I call him Library, too, because he's smart. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, Kim's a great friend, obviously, from a long time back from Matrix Trilogy, and we've been friends ever since, and this has been, I'm so lucky, really, to have, I mean, like, the story, like, the short story of a great career is to have friends and colleagues that you work with that go on and do other incredible things, and, like, the you know, it's kind of a drag to get older, but it's also kind of a remarkable <laughs> journey to see you know, all these friends go into other places. And, you know, if you keep, I mean, Ted, I think you're all, all about this, right? Like if you, if you keep sort of a collegiate atmosphere, you know, and learn, and everyone's learning from one another, I think collectively, right? We inch ourselves along to understanding um, where we all want to go. So yeah. I, you know, but, you know, so I'm lucky, I'm really lucky to have some great friends who are in, in Epic and, you know, Mark Petit has done a phenomenal job uh, since his days at uh, Autodesk or even before, uh, you know, I remember him from way, even way back before with those strategies, you know, that you point out, right? The sort of the components one might want to synergize to not just create a static, you know, a static place, but a dynamic, vibrant representation of a place for any kind of use you could imagine. I mean, at this point, it's really uh, inappropriate to call these the the engines that they're making game engines because they're they're really being used to build every they're building all manner of yeah they're digital world uh, engines they use yeah. they're used place engines <laughs> exactly they're they're sort of everything engines I mean Nvidia's been also just remarkable really to watch uh, over the last number of years. So yeah, I mean, Awakens was a was, you know, Awakens was a very uh, great opportunity because, again, you know, it's like it's kind of making a world from the ground up is not so easy, and you know, having a, a world that you understand and has to some degree, you know, belovedness, um, makes it more easy, right? You should, you can, artists are empowered, right, because they understand the logic. And so you can let them go for a while, right? And uh, they'll be on the path. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why looking at the real world as a source is, is uh, important, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you have to be super literal, right? Like you can make a literal dynamic twin, mirror world, simulation, choose your word. But what where it starts to get really fun is abstracting from that. So like, you know, fiction, as we said, literature, art <laughs> of all kinds, right, 
is usually is an abstraction of reality, right? And you know, uh, Van Gogh in his real sunflower fields, you know, somewhere, right? Uh, you know, creates his paintings, and and so it's the abstraction from reality where things also get you know fun and imaginative, and and totally possible. So it's that's something to so to consider, right? So build something that has spirit, something that feels canonical, and then start abstracting from that for just, you know, joy and inspiration. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. We, we talked before you were joining about different art styles and why art styles are so important and how simplistic art styles can be much more powerful than, uh, you know, photorealistic art styles in so many ways. And as you were talking, I was thinking about my uh, various trips to Meow Wolf over the years and the very first time to walk to a room that looks like a living room and you see a fireplace, looks like a fireplace and you're, you can, someone says, oh, you know, you can actually walk into the fireplace and you literally walk inside yeah, the fireplace. I know. go into this magical well, fantasy world, right? So right, well, then I, I love where you're, I love where you're going with this because wasn't Awakens um, an example of a simulation of a physical world just like the one we live in every day, except there's this magical thing happening in it. Right, the cars side. exploding and people who have superpowers. Yeah, through the looking glass, right? Yeah, it goes exactly. all the way back to Alice through the looking glass. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, for, you know, I folks who likely listen to this show um, probably are uh, knowledgeable enough to know the state, where we are, right, in the state of things. Oh, yeah. This is nerd time right here. Well, <laughs> trying to be realistic, I mean, like, a lot, folks have done a lot of things. You can't pull the wool over people's eyes. I mean, you know, but it, the, the, even the state of where we are is breathtaking, really, compared to like 10 years ago. Mm. But we're still steps from everybody inside, you know, this like uh, mm. flaw, flawless simulation of reality. I mean, we're getting there with the graphics, right? Uh, but we're still, it's a ways to go to really have anybody being able to do anything at any moment at that cinema realism quality, but that's coming. I mean, it's all coming, right? So, you know, partly what the Awakens thing was about was sort of visualizing an open world where it was possible to have, you know, uh, any any manner of experience right at any any level of grandeur <laughs> if you will right and you know so we can move we can move move laterally a little bit to like characters um so the question you know like again the other thing that's kind of a fantasy in the near term is that you know uh, countless millions of people are going to pour into these metaverse sandboxes and figure out how to entertain themselves um, or build their own worlds because not everybody has creative confidence to be a builder creator. Some people are are made to be that, and they they you know it, it get, they're passionate and that's what they do. Other people m would be more than happy to. To, to play with these creations or use these creations, interact with these creations. And there's other people who are just fine watching, you know, uh, our culture, you know, you could, it's sort of like a one-to-many thing. I mean, like most of us will watch 
you know, and live vicariously <laughs> through the lives of others, right, that are captured, that's not going to change. And I, I think there's probably a version in the future where, you know, the bold and the early adopters are creating wonderful, interesting things for others of us to watch and behold. Kind of like esports is a version of that in a way, right? Like the best of the best, right, are doing their thing. And I'm happy to watch that, right, and be in awe of that. So I do think, you know, I think it, I had, I thought about this when I was at Magic Leap also, that people get very stressed out about the scale of, of a new platform, like, oh, we'll never get millions and millions of people wearing these things, right? But in the beginning, I do think that there'll be this one of many where the pioneers are showing us, right, what their value and, and possibilities are. And so for a period of time, we'll probably observe this, right? And it's not harnessed yet. People aren't really doing it yet because they haven't come up with a, you know, the straightforward pipeline of allowing, you know, some to experience and others to watch, you know, something great. But that's coming, right? Mm -hmm. that, will, that will come. And that yeah, will that's a really great insight. Well, think about everything. So far, everything has followed this, you know, like before social media was like, I, I, this, I, this is a really crude way to put it, but I'm old enough to be able to, like before social media was reality television, in my view, right? Like sort of, oh, watching others or sort of, and, and uh, maybe being inspired or uh, worse, right? Um, and reality TV almost only occurred because there were hiccups in like, you know, sort of, um, traditional media, right? Like, uh, the, I believe reality TV began when there was a, a, an actor strike or something, right? No, no, it started on MTV with Jersey Shore. And, all, <laughs> and at the same time, CBS had a huge, huge mega hit with Survivor. That's right. But the thing is, is even before Survivor, right? There was like, oh, an actor strike. And now we got to make content without unions. And what if we, oh, we'll do this. Wait, let's make a documentary. <laughs> like we stumble, we well, stumble It, it really started with cable, right? When, when you move from just yes. three networks in a restricted amount of time, yeah. to an unlimited amount of time with cable, um, suddenly you had to fill all that airtime and, and scripted drama was not going to fill all that airtime. So people exactly. got creative. Uh, and then what you're referring to, you know, in the early days of pre-social media, we call them chat rooms, right? We were, we were all <laughs> in the age when we were on CompuServe and AOL, and we used these primordial versions of, I can do this. Now that's evolved into Reddit, right? And, and you know, there's so many different things that we continue to evolve the equation. But at the end of the day, humans are humans is what you're sort of bringing up as you're discussing here. And humans tend to do the same things over and over again. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's weird. We're not we're not going back now, right? So it's really about humans watching humans, humans sharing with humans, and now, and now it's going to get weirder, right? So you know the um, these worlds just to circle back that was a diversion. So these these worlds that people are trying to spin up these sandboxes are they're like deserts really because you, it's you it's rare to pull people in because there's not really anything amazing to come to. Um, and so, but it's possible, right? It's possible to give meaningfulness to these worlds. Uh, sometimes IP alignment can do it. Certainly aligning it to the real world in, in, in various ways could do it. Um, and in the meantime, 
again, you'll have like the early adopters, the pioneers in there, and then they'll be like, well, this isn't a world unless this world is vibrant with populations, right? And so the question is, how do you do that? And let's say, you know, in the case of InWorld, they're, in they're really interested in, you know, helping to, um, you know, create rich and deep exposition, <laughs> really. Um, and so it's almost like, here's all of your, here's all of your, you know, your supporting actors, right, that are surrounding you and or some other kind of centralized narrative or, or thing going on. And all of these characters can have uh, really quite a, a sophisticated understanding of the world, um, of themselves, of what has happened before, um, of, you know, they can have qualities, you know, in their personalities like, you know, like humans do. I mean, not, look, I, uh, I'll, retr I'll retract, I'll pull that statement back just one beat. Like a great, if, if you watch a, a great movie, or even a, a game with a great character, you know, that character usually has several notes, if you will, right? They have like their, we, this is the way the character is most of the time. And then in this kind of a context, you know, let's say it's the fight or flight context, they're like that, right? Yeah, they're heightened states, right, right. Right, and then there's another one where like, okay, now we're gonna have like some important relationship moment, right? Like, uh, you know, uh, do I care, do I not care? But like. But like a, a great character actor, right, will hit like, who knows, three or four of these, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll yeah. oscillate, you know, across. And so if you, if you think about that, you can, you can build characters that have this on board, right? Like this is the way you are. And, and then of course, all that they know and, um, and you can have uh, <laughs> goals and motives, which are really interesting, you know, that sort of whether they lead or are proactive or whether they're sort of like, you know, following your lead, you can sort of determine introvert or extrovert kind of qualities. It's pretty, it's like, it's alchemy. It's like character alchemy. And rather than kind of get into like the whole, you know, um, impossible conversation of AGI, it's much more interesting just to think about this, the supporting actors around a, around a world uh, thing. And then, you know, not unlike making a good, you know, great game or movie or story, you can, these are, these are creative elements, right, to, to be able to, to put into place. And the, and, and the point is to be able to make it possible for these worlds to really sustain the pioneer's attention and, or the game, you know, the sort of game, the game players uh, attention if they want, if they want to dig into the exposition. You know, one of my favorite early video games uh, is a uh, title that Vive Studios made called Front Defense. And at the beginning of Front Defense, you know, there's an, always an exposition scene. Uh, and so you're in a sort of position surrounded by sandbags. And a guy walks over to you and looks you in the eye and says, do you have a light? And then he sees, oh, there's a lighter sitting next to a pack of cigarettes on the sandbags, like it would in a normal situation. The guy picks up the lighter and lights it, and he starts to talk to you. 
and a mortar shell lands basically right on his head and he completely disappears. And then the game begins. And I always thought someday <laughs> you're going to have a conversation with that guy. And then imagine the missile dropping. I mean, it would be horrifying because right. it's somebody who you've just related to. Yeah, well, there's a very famous story in the Final Fantasy, you know, world where the heroine um, dies in a in a in a sort of very tragic way, and people are still so wrecked by it because they're so involved in that characterization. There are threads online of people that my life was changed because of the heroine in Final Fantasy seven or six was killed <laughs> in the middle of the game, and and I never got over it, kind of thing. And you know what what John's working on is taking that to a whole nother level, right? So it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, look, it's not just me. I mean, what what InWorld is really doing is creating a very intuitive and powerful interface, basically, that anybody can use. Like, the, the key to success is, is um, intuitiveness, and it's, um, and, it's, and it's the ability to sort of get your character distributed into worlds, right? Like, so like, if you make, if you spend some time, really, and you craft a very interesting character personality. You want to be able to take it around and, and put it into places. And they're working on those two things. So they're really the, the art form is in the hands of the person, you know, writing the few sentences sure. and all of those things. And it's really that accessible. Like kids can do, anybody can do it. Mm. It's very simple. Well, we'll we'll keep a close eye and keep track I, on. I love that there'd be a lot of you'll be inside of the VR chat, and there'll be avatars running around, and you won't know which one is a person yeah. <laughs> until you actually have a conversation for some sustained period of time. You're like, oh, this guy's a bot. <laughs> Area of deep fascination for us, John. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. My last point is yes, sir. It's going to make humans more valuable. <laughs> Good. We hope so. We I certainly hope that. so. It's going to be valuable by the second. It's what a great insight to go out on, John. <laughs> John, thanks. Good talk. Good seeing you again. Good Good talk. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Oh, next week next is week. Labor Day. We're off Labor Day. Oh, we're off Labor Day. We'll see you we're the off Labor Day. So we'll see you in September. Adios. All right. Bye-bye.